Do you have a good nap? Yeah, you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's aging. Maybe it's lack of proper nutrition. Maybe it's <laughs> the fact that I was in traffic for two hours on the way home today. But I've been so fucking tired all the yeah. time. Um, you, you were knocked the fuck out for a minute. Yeah, I <laughs> like, was. I was like, are we doing this? <laughs> tired, bro. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've been really unable to be awake after like seven o'clock. Like I get home from work and my body's like, nah, bitch. Yeah. Like, you know how old you is? <laughs> I, I heard that taking naps in the, at least in the middle of some sort, I don't know, not necessarily in the middle of the day, but taking a nap, even if it's for like 30 minutes or so, um, is actually really good for you in some ways. Is it? I think so. I think we that's the thing is a lot of people, you know, the, the regular schedule of life has you get up early, work so hard, get home, cook dinner. By the time you do all that, it's, you know, late and you're tired, you know, but it also goes to the fact that, you know, the whole 40 hour work week and I don't know, it's just maybe we overwork ourselves as a whole in this country. Well, I know this week's been a little bit stressful for me. I had like, yeah, you had meetings and shit. Well, I have meetings all the time. And I think today I was, it was pretty meeting heavy, but, um, it's been a bit stressful just because this past week I had like big things happening at work and that's been that have been good things but um also you know my my daughter started college this week which is insane mm-hmm. um and my son had an injury and uh i don't know i think it just took its toll on me and i'm like Oh my God, so much happening right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with all that going on, your kids, everything, I know it's been a crazy week. I've actually been doing a whole lot myself as well too, just editing uh, lots of video projects for some different podcasts and stuff like that. And Yeah, you've been super like owning like the podcasting, like what is it called? What is it that you do for us? Well, I guess it's called editing and engineering, but it's two different jobs, really. I'm engineering and hosting right now. <laughs> Later on, I'm going to be editing and I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work that goes into these things, more than what most people think, I guess. You know, It's really not that hard, so I wouldn't try to like sway somebody from like not wanting to start their own podcast kind of thing, but... Well, yeah, but reality is it's a lot. And right now, even for one that we're not exactly being creative, like we don't have to worry about booking people. We don't have to worry about, you know, creating a new story every week or whatever. Um, Even as something as, you know, labor uh, has very low on like on what we actually have to do requires a lot. It requires us watching the movie, which is two-hour commitment right yeah Um, at least in some cases we research movies because it piques our interest or this this subject like really like takes us to something else so that's a couple of hours sometimes um then on top of that it's the whole aligning our schedules it's setting up 
uh, you set up, you set up everything. You set up the audio, like the mics and everything. But when we do video, you set up the video. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff going on. And on top of that, you make sure we're level. You make sure we have all this whatever audio set up, everything correctly. And then you edit them. I mean, I help you edit the audio sometimes, but for the most part, you edit everything. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of, I mean, work for one person. It would be nice to have a little bit of a team and, you know, maybe we can get something like Sorry, that going yeah. on one day. But um, I'm the kind of person that when I have the drive to get something done, I'm not going to wait around for a team to make it happen. That's pretty much how I've done everything from building projects to music uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just like I get an idea and I try to follow through with it. And even if it means me having to play more roles than just one, um, I just feel like that's what you got to do sometimes, you know? Yeah, it, no, for real. That's so. just it makes so much sense. Um, but with that being said, Ed, we're, we're keeping to our commitment, you know, we might not be getting them out exactly at the same time that we want to, but we're going to get the episodes out. And I, this- mean, I think we've been doing what we said and, and I feel good about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired like a mother right now <laughs> and I'm so glad that you decided against recording today's episode because I look like. I just woke up because... You mean video recording oh, this episode? <laughs> see what happened? Like, my body's... My mind is like, oh my gosh. You know what it is? I feel fuzzy. Do you? I do. I feel fuzzy. And I think a lot of it is just... Isn't fuzzy a good thing? Like, warm and fuzzy? Like... Well... You feel like static fuzzy? Like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like there's like this fog in the back of my head. Like, like a bad JLC movie. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like the back of my head, like it's not exactly a headache, but it's like, um, okay. Have you ever like burped, but like inside your nose and then you feel it like as if it goes into your brain? I've Is that a thing? Maybe. I don't, yeah, I guess so. I've had some burps that I feel like were more nasal, but, um, I don't know about the brain part of it, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. But. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there's something a little extra back here. Like when I when I had the edibles incident with you, I felt like there was this <laughs> this like frying that occurred on the back of my like on back of my head, like in my brain. I don't know. That's how I feel right now. I think it's just being tired of like yeah. because of stress. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, to do five days a week um, with that schedule, it's tough. Like eventually I would hope that, you know, like the job, if you choose to stick with it, at least gives you a a day off or in between. I don't know. Like, do you, you know, if you can get to the point where you can more be a manager that doesn't have to be required to be there five days a week, that would be nice. I don't like I work remotely. Like I think I'm like 60, 40. But working remotely is still working though. I'm talking about like, you know, you work four days a week or so. And instead of five and still make the same amount of money. So that way you can I have mean, a day to between just us and breathe. may my supervisor never hear this on the day. <laughs> you better hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> You're like, Hey, like, did you I, ever tell them that you have a podcast? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I haven't told them what it was. Um, and I always tell them, look, I'm particularly vulgar. You guys get 
like the PG version. No, they don't like really because they still get the rated R version. Like today I talked to my boss and I'm like, hey, heads up. Somebody might call you and be like, man, Heidi's such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but in the reality, like, you know, they get it. They totally get it. <laughs> but I don't know. They, they know that I want my privacy in regards to this and I haven't shared with them the name or anything. But OK, so in reality, I'm good at what I do. And even if this is a new industry, I'm really good at doing the things that I set out to do. Um, and so honestly, Mondays are usually like, okay, well, let me just answer emails Mondays. Tuesdays, okay, well, let me actually work. <laughs> I have one days that's just all meetings. And that's because of actual work. I, I, if I dedicate myself for like three hours a day, I can get all the work done. Yeah. Um, all the extra stuff that I invest in myself, like, like just separate from that is just the things that have me getting a promotion before a year of being at the company. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how I, that's my cadence. Like when, a, when I'm with a company, I work my way up pretty quickly and it feels good. Um, but at the, for the most part, I don't have to really do an incredible amount of work. It's just, I think I, I just put so much of myself into it. Yeah. I think I need to get better at organizing my time and managing my time between multiple projects. Because I'm trying to multitask so many things that it's so easy to just let one or two go a little bit. And I might not let, let it go all the way you know, where it slips and it's gone. But the thing is like everything gets its turn, but it also gets pushed back a day or two. You know what I mean? Like a project that I wanted to finish over this weekend, I'm still working on right now. And that causes another project to sort of get backed up or whatever. And then there's always pitfalls and little things um, that can happen that you know, like today I had a little bit of a computer glitch. I'm trying to export some videos and it keeps failing on me. And little did I know <laughs> that I didn't have any space left on that drive. So I had to save it to a different hard drive. Right. Um, and the whole time I'm like, why is this working? But finally I figured it out. So, you know, I think I do need to get better at managing my time. Um, that's the one thing I'm not really going to say that I'm very good at. I'm good at juggling but <laughs> I got to get better at making sure that everything is stays on it a little bit of a proper schedule. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm good at doing things. I'm really bad at pulling away. Like I, I need to get better at I'm only doing this to this point and then delegating, delegating it. Delegating. You, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we sit back and watch movies in our spare time. So that way we can shut off and disconnect from all of this work and stress and everything that kind of keeps us, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't I keep you. us from doing anything. It's just something that we but have to do to keep movies, going. Hard movies for me. I, I, I can put them in the background while I'm watching, while I'm, while I'm washing dishes. Like I put them on the background when I'm working from home. Mm -hmm. Like they yeah. just feel good for me for some reason. And I don't know if it's trauma mind. Like I need to have some sense of danger at all times or something. I think it's something like that. But, <laughs> but they feel, feel good. How many times have you, you know, come over, like how many times have you come to me watching like just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just yeah, you've... having lazy days, like. 
it's just it makes me feel good um right and apparently the things that supposed that supposedly make other people feel good like emotional heartwarming uh type of mute movies are not your cup of tea remember there was what did you say you're like this is why i don't like watching marvel movies because i get yeah, all teared because up because every and you're like, we watch the entire marvel series and i cried <laughs> in every fucking movie and i don't like it when movies force you to love each other <laughs> yeah. yeah you're like ah, this is why i like watching horror movies because i don't get emotionally connected to them or something like that isn't that what you said i don't yeah. remember <laughs> um but yeah, so with that being said, what's in store this week? <laughs> Actually, yes. hey, and welcome back to the ice cream parlor. I'm Heidi and this is Stefan. Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the podcast where we talk about horror movies eventually. Absolutely. <laughs> um, today we are talking about the 2013 movie, mm-hmm. Oculus. Yeah, I've never heard of this movie before. I'm glad that we sort of picked a more modern movie just because, you know, we're skipping around. We've done 70s, some 80s, you know, 90s, and obviously every gener- uh, decade we're going to hit a few here and there. Um, but we hadn't done, well, maybe we have done a more recent one recently. But with that being said, I've never heard of this movie. I think, didn't you mention that you've seen it before? Yeah, so I saw so this movie was from 2013. I would have seen it in 2013. Um, I remember seeing this movie when it came out. Um, I don't remember anything about it, but um, but you know, it like watching it this time around, like I I remembered bits and pieces. Like I remembered the last scene and only the last scene. Gotcha. I don't remember everything else. Yeah, I never heard of this movie. I don't know of any of the actors in this movie. Um, and it it had me going like uh, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of like it. And then I'm not really sure. And I kind of like it. And I'm not really sure. It had a lot of back and forth. It was a little bit hard to grasp for me anyway. I'm just saying um, in the beginning, just because it was going back and forth between different timelines. Um, I feel like that you probably enjoyed this movie because it's kind of up your alley with the whole uh twist ending kind of thing but also the spiritual ghosts you know you like those conjuring movies and all that kind of like stuff like that i i love the conjuring movies um just because i love the uh that it's mostly vera formiga (laughs) yeah well she's good in everything she does but um yeah it's the whole supernatural ghost thingy that that so when i like like the exorcist it really comes hardcore right and yeah. that's what, you know, I hope that these type of movies would turn out to be because I'm not looking for the, the easy jump scares that are very clear. The, without, uh, I know we're probably going to jump into it a little bit more, but there was a few times where they were like doing a jump scare and they cut off the music entirely. And it was almost too obvious. They didn't have like oh. a, a long enough fade out or something. So it was like <laughs> eerie ambient music, quiet. Boom, here's the jump scare. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you can hear them t- muting the sound out almost, you know? Like, it's not one of those where it just gets quiet or it's quiet for like a couple minutes and all of a sudden something else jumps yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, um, speaking of The Conjuring in that series, like the movie Annabelle has incredible jump scares that were just, like, just were so perfectly timed. Like, you're expecting jump scares, but when they finally do them, they're in such a way that you're like, holy shit, I was expecting it, but still, it fucking got me. Like, it's the only movie to date that has made me 
scream or yelp out loud in a movie theater. Like oh, it caught me yeah. by surprise. I, I, um, that's, that's cool. I, I, the jump scare thing, it's almost so, it very rarely gets me. There's one or two that I, I can't remember which ones. And it most it might've been also cause I was sort of like zoning out and I was caught off a, a little off guard or whatever. This but, one you were watching, you were no, falling asleep on this one? No, not this movie. I'm talking about in general jump scares. In oh, movies. Okay. No, this movie, I didn't fall asleep. And what are you talking about? It was okay. It didn't bore me to death, but, um, you know, anyway, uh, so Oculus, uh, we don't know the, you know, Oops. again, it's a very, uh, what, what do we know about this movie? I obviously know nothing. I just went into it w- like, oh, what's this? What is an Oculus? Is that a mirror? Um, good question. Let me see. So Oculus. Some sort of a lens. I it's believe. like, yeah, I always thought of a lens. It's a video game, I think. oh yeah oculus it is a vr headset (laughs) oh right yeah yeah okay um no but what else what is the actual definition of oculus what is it okay hold your hold your horse your potatoes um okay so oculus actually means in architecture um around or i like opening or design i like okay yeah which is actually very pertinent to the story so i find that interesting way to go so just really quick the synopsis of the movie is a woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by the mirror it sounds a little loopy like the mirror did it what it was the one i'm mad (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I, you know, I guess it's a, from the synopsis, it sounds kind of interesting. Just like, well, well, let's see. I wonder what that means. But uh, all right, cool. Well, I, <laughs> great. I'm yeah, glad we did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've already watched the movie. I have my opinion on it. I kind of liked it. And I'm not sure if I really like, you know, there was a parts of it that I just felt like were whatever. But this definitely was a movie that I think that your little theory comes into play, which is it's all in their head. Right. It's your favorite theory. I think I think there's a I mean, I know that movies are movies. Right. But I think there's a um, a, that can be attributed to like every movie. Like I even put, you know, that in The Exorcist, it's abuse. (laughs) You know, it's it's all in your head because a lot of things are all in your head. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So the movie kind of starts off with a death scene where you see like some children and they're like in a house and there's like an attacker an enemy of some sorts um right so you see a gun the movie so the movie throughout the movie like one continuing factor one thing that we know is that the movie has a timeline that is so fluid it um it goes back and forth between the child uh, the child, so I guess, so the two main characters are um, Kaylee and Tim Russell, played by Karen Gillan and Breton Thwaites. It's like he's waiting, but he's thinking about it. Thwaites. Thwaites. Um, and so it, it's just following them in the past and in the present. Um, and it it follows them and, and it's just so fluid that 
you never know what um you, you say- never know what what timeline you're following so that is the only constant in this movie but- is Okay. You don't know what time it is. Right. But so you're saying fluid as if, as if it like flows between the two. Yeah, easily. like water. Yeah. I feel like that it does go back and forth, but almost in a confusing kind of way. Yeah. Well, um, and then I think that's intentional because yeah. uh, time is just something we made up. You know, it's not linear. Yeah. I mean, we like for it to think that it is because it gives us a sense of balance and it gives us something that is so concrete. But if you think like... It, it, whatever yeah whatever your thoughts are so but um yeah it, it's it's so fluid that it goes back and forth between the two yeah. so the story follows the um kaylee and tim and it's really interesting the way that they 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 have adult versus child because in some instances the children version of them are so much more rational than, than the, the adult version yeah. of them. Yeah. So we we have this whole opening scene of where these kids are trying to escape some sort of a murderer. And right. I guess their parents Which are... Which is important. Um, so so we, the we, movie... Yeah, we see... I'm sorry. I'm saying like the parents are, are murdered or whatever in the household. But we don't know who the killer is. And they kind of lean into this whole thing with the killer being like uh, the brother. Correct. Um. But before we um, before we get into that, I want to point out that this movie mm-hmm. was produced by WWE Studios. What's oh, what like wrestling? Yes. <laughs> what the hell? Like Vince McMahon, like off the top rope with a <laughs> flying elbow. It's pandemonium in here. <laughs> yeah. So apparently. Um, <laughs> It's a film studio owned by the WWE, and it has a lot of different movies. In fact, that mirror that we're talking about was owned by the Lucchese family. The Lucchese family? Like the crime, like one of the five families? No, like, um, am I saying it right? Um, His name is... Oh, Levesque. Levesque. L-E-V-E-S-Q-U-E. I don't know who that it's is. It's a Levesque mirror. And it's actually pronounced Triple H, motherfuckers. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Tri- the actual real name of Triple H. And I found that to be the most hilarious thing in this movie. So he owns that mirror? Triple H does. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on wrestling? Oh, my God. I fucking loved wrestling. When this yeah. movie came out, I was probably a little bit over it. But in the 90s, like when I was like a teenager, I fucking loved wrestling. You had Monday Night Raw. You had, uh, what was Smackdown. it? Smackdown. The Smackdown. Like <laughs> I was all up on that shit. I loved wrestling. Yeah. I hated Triple H until you were supposed to like him. And even then I still didn't like him because he was mean to China. And then there was uh, not, is it X-Pac? Yeah. X-Pac, yeah. who was like, how are you a wrestler? You're like... I'm bigger than you. Yeah. And um and then oh the Hardy Boys. Oh my loins the Hardy Boys. But only one of them because the other one looked like Fifel. Fifel? Like Fifel like, goes west? Yeah, like an American tale. Really? Like a little mouse. <laughs> but so 
I think Jeff Hardy was the business. I think he still is. That's the era where it started getting sexual and uh, sexy with the girls like Luna and what's the other chick's oh, name? Oh, Luna. The girl yeah. who did um, Playboy. Not China, but T- she Trish? did Trish? Trish? Was it was Trish? Trish? She was like... Trish Stratus or something? Trish Stratus. Yeah. And then um, Ste- even Stephanie McMahon, like... That's when she was with Triple H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the stupidest conversation. <laughs> well, I'm, it's funny because, <laughs> I mean, it, I was a wrestling fan early on as a kid. Like, I thought wrestling was cool. Like, a young kid. When I hit high school, the era that you're talking about, I'm sort of familiar with some of it. Uh, but that's where I started checking out. Um I don't know. They they got to a point where I was like, I'm not gonna watch Monday Night Raw, and I was out doing other stupid shit. You know, I just was trying to drink and smoke and do stuff like that. And I guess I you could drink and smoke and still watch wrestling, but I started giving up on the whole like I love wrestling thing around that like ninth, well, tenth grade. I always loved the Undertaker. Yeah. Like, always loved the Undertaker, but then I also liked what is his name Booker T. Booker T. Yeah. Sounds familiar. And then. I, I just liked random characters, but um, that that was when, that was around the same time that The Undertaker, Love of My Life, used to come out to a Limp Bizkit song, which was the business at that time, but we're all embarrassed to admit that we know Limp Bizkit songs. And I have been, I've been listening to this amazing podcast called 60, uh, 60 Songs 60. That Explain, <laughs> 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. And they did a whole episode on Limp Bizkit's Nookie. And I was happy, like like happy to report that I still remember every lyric. I, I wouldn't of brag the about song, that. Nookie. And I know I, know, I wouldn't brag about to, that. But we were into Limp Biscuit back then. Yeah. And we were all I never was. We were all into Limp Biscuit back was. then. At least for a for a little bit before it just got so old because it's the same thing over and over again. But at the when Nookie came out, everybody loved Nookie. I remember the lyrics. I am the human jukebox so after all. And so to this day, I still apparently remember the lyrics because because after they do an, an episode on the um, on the on the song and the history behind the song and the band and whatever, they play the song and I'm like, how do I still know these songs? So this they podcast a- is only going to do sixty songs. So then, what happens after the sixtieth episode? They're done. Um, I feel yeah. like they're like, they're like selling, halfway through right now. Like, like why put an? I don't know. Maybe they just were like, well, we're gonna do sixty, and then that's a wrap. You know, maybe they'll see if they get picked up for another season by a company of some sorts, or whatever. But it just, just seems like a topic. Go to the that, ice cream parlor. We'll finish it. <laughs> well, there's so many songs. If you're gonna do all of the '90s, there's like gazillions of songs. Well, I was just listening to the Coolio episode on my way here, um, Gangsters Paradise. And I loved it. I yeah. listened to the Boys to Men episode like three times because yeah. I can't get that song out of my head now. End of Which the road. One? End of the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but but there, it's it's very interesting. There was a Madonna episode which I wanted to skip, but I'm like in the essence of going through this podcast, I'm going to listen to all of them. Yeah, I listen with her culturally appropriating uh, song Vogue, which took voguing Voguing. away from from the um yeah. the. The gaze of color. I remember when that video came out. It's like weird, but kind of cool. I've been listening to a podcast called Talking Sopranos because I love the Sopranos. And their thing is like, it's not going to be an ongoing podcast. They're actually almost done with it. Oh, are they limiting themselves? What are they going to do when they're finished with their No, that's what my point is. I'm a little (laughs) bit like, they're going to do all this show. And then they're probably going to try to review the movie, uh, Many Saints in Newark, when it comes out. But after that, it's done. And 
I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. It just seems like, well, those guys are actors. They have other things going on in their career. COVID aside, if everything gets back to normal, they'll probably be working and not as available to do uh, podcasting. Um, everybody's just trying to start a podcast right now. I feel like that some of these uh, actors are, they come from a world where they don't necessarily want to be public. They put you know, um, they they put their movie role life out there, but outside of that, they keep everything really private. And the part of podcasting that I think is really like, you know, attracting to people is is when you uh, open up and you talk about things that you might not necessarily talk about just you know in a quick five minute conversation. Which you know, again, like I said, these some of these actors they see, have a hard time. I think trying to like open up and joke around and talk about stuff that they might not openly say. I guess they're all worried in today's culture. Everybody's worried about getting canceled or saying the wrong thing, and they're tiptoeing around stuff. And um, I still listen to some of these podcasts, but I definitely know that there's somewhat of a difference between ones that are just completely open and balls to the wall. (laughs) I think we're kind of balls to the wall because we just say what's on our mind. And as far as cancel culture, it's more about, I, I think it's just people are not used to being called out and being held accountable for things. Um, I know in in my past, I I, I get Facebook memories of like posts and I'm like, oh, damn, I was an idiot 11 years ago. You know, I think it's more about if you fucked up, just apologize for it. Don't try to make it seem like it was something that it wasn't. Um, Sure. And I I think for the most part, the people who have been able to own their mistakes have been able to avoid, quote, the canceling part of that culture. Um, That's all it is. Uh, But. I, I think being, I, I love this podcast because it's just us and yeah, we'll have guests or whatever. But aside from one guest, like we can do whatever the fuck we want. We can curse up a storm. I, I, it makes me feel like this is my creative outlet. This is where I can release. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about it too. Is we're just being real. We'll just give our true, honest opinion about movies. We may not even understand. I, I should say I, because I, I know that we're on two different levels, you know, but I, I'm a little bit down <laughs> I'm here, so here. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, I just keep it real and just whatever. I may not understand it all, but you know, I, right. yeah, go with it. So this movie again, like I kind of liked it, some of it in the oh, beginning. I wrote down what you said at the end of that movie. What did I say? I put, Stefan said, not the worst movie. <laughs> yeah, not the worst movie. Nope. Um, that's your review. Not the worst movie. But it didn't have what I was looking for. Maybe that's just... Because um, it, it's a paranormal... Para, paranormal, paranormal movie. And it didn't movie. have the wow factor that I'm looking for. Right. And that just me might be because... Well, we'll get into it. Um, so the movie starts like this. Does it? No. Just kidding. <laughs> There's a girl hiding in a closet with her brother and they're looking out of the closet or and maybe it's a room um, but she's looking out the door and there's a man outside and with it's a gun. dark and he has a gun mm-hmm. yeah and then um they run out and they run into a woman with glowing eyes and she's like an apparition. Yeah. And um, I think that's where, you know, for me, sorry to cut you off. But I'm just saying right off the bat, they're throwing the spiritual sp- spooky ghost right at us. And I don't 
for me, I wasn't attacked. I didn't like feel afraid of the it yet, you know. So I'm more interested in the fact that there's somebody walking around with a gun and two kids, and that might might be murdered. This whole other thing, it's like, oh, okay, there's a ghost. Now I got to deal with that too. Well, so as the girl turns away from it to run from the ghost, she gets shot in the face. Yes, she does, and or in the head. And we realize that it's just a dream. It's just a dream. And we're introduced to Tim, who is, um, I don't know, like an early 20s, like a boy in his early 20s. Um, and he is being discharged at 21 years old, I think, um, from, I guess, a state facility um, because he's, quote, accepting what he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so. We come to find out that Tim actually murdered his father in his house, in his in his home, after his father went on a murderous rampage and murdered and tortured his mother and went to try to kill the kids. Yeah, that's, that's, how, they, that's how they explain that's what it. He's yeah. being, he, that's what he was accused of, killing his, his father uh, to defend his sister and himself after having lost his mother. Yeah. Now, because they showed the ghost in that beginning thing, that opening scene did you think that he really was the one who killed his father like did you believe the so fact like that he initially, was initially initially um it was supposed to be set up as a dream it was all a dream like there was word at magazine everywhere. Mm, everywhere 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 in this white boy's house i mean it's real. <laughs> it's realistic <laughs> but um i don't know i just took it initially as oh it's a dream it's a dream and that scene is actually very important um, because the doctor is the one that says you because he was uh, Tim is telling his doctor, this is the first time I've been the shooter. And that's when I was that that's what that made a lot of sense to me because he the doctor is telling him, OK, this is accountability, the account- accountability that we just mentioned. Like this is the, the accountability. You're taking ownership. You did this. Because come to find out that this whole entire time, since he's been a child at 10 years old, he's been saying, no, it's not me. It was the mirror, the mirror, the ghosts, the strangers, the people, whatever it is. It's always been something else. This is the first time where he, and even in his dream, was the one who pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah. So now that I'm thinking about it, I guess in a at the end of the movie, if they're going to say that it really was him who killed his father or whatever then i guess they did a good job of making me believe that they wanted me to believe that it was a ghost right um and that they weren't just like crazy because that's what i thought i thought oh okay the kid's in a mental hospital because he said it was a mirror of some ghost or something like that nobody believed him but they showed us a ghost so i was like well obviously they want us to believe that this ghost is real uh but later on that's sort of what you know, obviously when we will get to it, but like we, we find out later on that it may not have been or that who that we don't know who's crazy or who's not. You know, the sister, right. the brother, everybody's all over so, the place. Speaking of the sister, next scene, we're introduced to her sister, to his sister. And she is uh, Kaylee. Kaylee? Yeah. Yeah, Kaylee. Uh-huh. And she has this gorgeous long red hair, but it's cut like Harriet from Small Wonder. 
You know, I with those bangs that go that. all the way across the, to the, your ears almost? Yeah, I didn't notice any of that. Uh, I mean, I didn't like her hair. But her, I mean, I didn't like her hair cut. I loved her hair color. Anyway, she would walk with like this ponytail that would just swing back and forth. Like when you're when you're a young girl and you put your hair in a ponytail and your hair gets long enough, you walk doing this. And for me, it 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 um it symbolized such youth, such innocence. Like you're still such a child, you know. Uh, I know she's only, she's supposed to be in her early 20s at this point uh, because she's older than her brother, Tim. But for me, that right there, it just took me back to childhood and made me think, OK, this woman here is actually very vulnerable. She is a child still. Now, when we see her at this point, is this during that whole auction? Yeah. So this is where we meet her and she and her husband work for what looks like is an auction house. And in this auction house, they are... Um, auctioning off the lasser mirror the lasser mirror um the oculus well it's the la it's the lasser let's see yeah it's the lasser mirror and it is purchased by triple h paul lavasque wait in the movie in the movie because he was in the movie no it was sold by skype to this guy named paul lavasque oh oh okay Okay. So what, um, so do you think WWE was just like investors or producers in this? Yeah, or, that's all it was. Yeah, I wonder who was the writer or did they get bring in a writer? Or did they? Pur- I wonder if they purposely were like, well, we want to do a horror movie. and like. Well, you know. it was written by Mike Flanagan and Jeff Howard and based <laughs> on the short screenplay by Jeff Seidman. Yeah. I mean, Vince McMahon is a he, – he's – a money mogul you know he's built an empire so i can see him branching out and you know trying his hand in investing in a movie or you remember whatever when he had a football team or a football uh what is it uh uh football mm-hmm. extreme oh right yeah i yeah was that him it was like the xfl was that xfl what that's yeah. what it was like the do girls of I, I, um what was that movie uh, the Descent. Yeah. Extreme. <laughs> yeah. Extreme. Yeah. To I, the max. I actually did camera work when I was younger and I was taking college classes and I was doing a TV production class. I would get sent to different games. Uh, XFL games? Yeah. Well, <laughs> basketball games, football games, and XFL games. The XFL games are crazy because there's no out of bounds and they could just like ram each other and shit. Because and it's, it's like, extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I used to have to have a camera and go out there and try to, you know, learn how to use the big camera, the ba- big beta cams mm-hmm. on your shoulder, TV like cameras. One of those guys, everybody's like, pick me, pick me when yeah. it comes to whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Oh, uh, um, yeah. It was a okay. long time ago, but uh, that's funny. Yeah. XFL. XFL. Is that still a thing? No, I don't, right? so. I don't think so either. Yeah. So XFL was happening, I think, around 2000, 2001. I remember like hearing all the news about it when I was in college and that was in 2001. Gotcha. And that was, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right. I was in that class right around then too. Probably maybe a little bit later than that, like Oh two Oh three or so, but somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So after triple H buys the mirror, he buys it via Skype. Um, this girl, Kaylee gets this smirk Mm. because she has a plan. We find out that this mirror is a mirror that was um, was the one hanging in her family home. Yeah. Right. So That's what we find out. She and, works and at this auction place? She works at this auction mm-hmm. place. It's supposed to... Um, this auction place is going to get that mirror and ship it out directly to the person buying it. She 
seizes the opportunity of it transacting um, and is actually uh, telling her um, her bosses that, oh, I'm taking it to repairs. And that's when she sneaks it into her house instead. So let me ask you this. Do you think that she ran? It was just random that, oh, this mirror no, came through we here. We find out later that she's been doing a copious amount of research um, on this mirror and the history of this mirror. So my thoughts are she picked this profession solely because it would help her get into getting that mirror back. Um, because it's an antique. We find out that it's right. gone generations to generations. In fact, when her father moves it in it, shortly, when we talk about it, um, it, it's specifically an antique piece. Right. Um, so we find that out. Um, then we find out that... Um, so that we find out that Tim, the brother, is being released. The doctor is saying, hey, don't forget, um, your love for your sister and everything is great. Do that. Rebuild your relationships, but overall protect your recovery. Because he's being released in such a vulnerable state. He, When he went in, he was a child. He went into the state. Yeah, so like he what, was a child. Six, seven years a, old? How old is he? A traumatized child. He, yeah. was, he was 10, I think. 10? Yeah. And and he was a traumatized child because he just had to kill his father after his father killed his mother. And and he's hallucinating because he's saying there's all of these um, spirits and stuff in the house or strangers or whatever, what have you. Right. Supernatural forces. So, I mean, I feel him. Like, I feel the doctor. Like, protect yourself. Like, and, and that's that's what I advocate for is you can be a kind person, you can be a loving person, but at the end of the day, you're the one that matters. Everybody else can take care of themselves. You need to take care of your own shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why that plays into the, the the sister having been the strong one prior, you know, when she was a child. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he is released from St. Aidan's medical facility. And I was like, they really are focusing on St. Aidan being a medical facility and i find that saint aiden is the patron saint of like firefighters or something and fire represents so many different things uh fire represents passion desire rebirth but it also resurrection and eternity and destruction hope and hell and purification so um i found it interesting that in this entire movie we see that we see that eternity we see that in destruction we see hope resurrection and hell okay so um i don't know if that was intentional but that's where it was and right. that made me stop and be like oh i wonder if that means something i literally wrote is this something um <laughs> so yeah being a i don't know um wwe movie i kind of feel like they wouldn't or didn't necessarily plot it out or think about it that right much but i could be wrong and i don't know it's um yeah so like she's wants to like help her brother she's waiting for him to get out of jail because essentially they made a pact as a, as children that when we never forget to, what never really forget, happened yeah and that avenge our they were gonna name. avenge yeah their <laughs> parents so she's figured this whole grand scheme out where she tracked down the mirror and now her brother's out and she wants to take him to go dist- kill this well, ghost so or whatever. Well, so what we do is, is this is great scene. So, okay, just a little, so a little history. Kaylee is engaged to this man. The man knows that her brother's getting out of jail, whatever. But apparently they're, they're well off. In fact, 
there's this great scene where Kaylee and Tim, brother and sister, meet at a restaurant after, like, right after release. And that's where uh, Kaylee gives her brother this, well, this really good check that says, here's your half of the estate. Mm -hmm. Meaning money, he's okay with. But this in this scene, they're talking and that camera angle is, it's, it's like a one shot. Um, it's like, it's like, a, it's like Tarantino one shot. Uh, this scene is them talking about what happened and, and being really rational and saying, we'll ease you into transition. Here are studio apartments that you can transition into. We'll go ahead and get one as soon as you're, yeah, as soon as you pick like- one, she's taking care of him. She's really, really like really solid there for her, for him. And like, you know, we'll make this transition easy for you. And then, um, the camera starts turning like oh, to to face the other side, so it, it it like does a 180 turn where he's on the right side, she's on the left side, but the camera goes around them so that they're switched in like in our view, and that happens when Kaylee starts talking about I found the mirror. Ah, see, I and, didn't really catch and that, and I loved that scene. It was it was beautifully done. I didn't because catch it, that. It was like a slow transition into seeing. Actually, the roles are reversed. Now he's the rational one. He's the one that has to take care of her because in, we find out in the flashbacks, many flashback scenes, she was a strong one when they were children. Yeah. Now it's his turn to be the strong one. Right. Yeah. And obviously she would have gone through the same type of trauma almost as he went through, except for the jail part, because she yeah. still witnessed whatever well, she witnessed. We find out her parents she was are in dead. A, yeah. We find out she was in a foster home after the parents died, like the house... The house that they grew up in where the parents were were killed and where everything happened apparently just sat empty while Kaylee was in foster care. It sat in a trust. And then when she turned 21, they gave it back to her. So she owns the house. Yeah. So think about her mental state. She went into foster care, but, you know, and obviously had to deal with things. Maybe she felt imprisoned or trapped somehow. But then she also became successful. Like she married, she's not an insane, crazy person. She's engaged. She's okay. She's engaged to somebody who she has night terrors. Sure, but like my point is, she did. She's not like so far off her rocker that she couldn't like like get into society and um, uh, you know find herself a man and you know do all these things. Whereas the flip opposite the brother has had to go through the same trauma of losing the family and and the murders and whatever they witnessed but then also having to be having his whole freedom taken away so you see like a little bit of the contrast like of you know the two of them i think it's equally traumatic on both angles right and and i understand that um however you can immediately tell that she's unstable. Yeah, she has money because of the estate. Um, but she really realistically, all that we see that she quote has together is she has a job that is only her job because she wanted to track down the mirror. And she has a fiance. And your marriage isn't based on whether you have a partner or not. <laughs> Do you think that he was in the tra- in the auction trade? And then she married him just so that she could be maybe auctioneer. Like uh, the whole point their whole relationship is, is nothing. It's all a lie. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, I, I didn't see it as oh she's got her whole life together. She did well. She was successful. I didn't see that at all. I saw oh shit. Like 
she's not stable. Well, she's not stable, but she's like, but you know, she's not like some crazy person running around like, you know, the streets. You know what I mean? Because she's housed doesn't mean that she's stable. Um, Stability is more than just whether or not you have a house. It's whether it's it's more than whether or not you have a job. It's right. more than whether or not you have a boyfriend. Sure, I guess I'm, what I'm saying is that she's sort of calculated, like she set herself up for success to achieve some of the things she thought were necessary uh, to, for her plan. She hasn't planned her life out past breaking the mirror. Right. Yeah. Because absolutely. Think about it. Hasn't. Right now, she's telling Tim. Okay. <clears throat> excuse me. She's telling Tim. We have a chance to destroy the mirror. We have to do it. Um, the house is empty right now. We can destroy the mirror. We can sell the house afterwards. No problem. Um, and then says absolutely nothing as far as any plan afterwards. Aside from then we can be a family or something. Mm-hmm. Some, and some she just assumes shit. that her brother is going to like go along with all right, this. Which is why I thought it was brilliant the way the camera switched them. But here's the thing. She didn't make any plans. Like She is definitely... Uh, she definitely needed more help than she got like her brother mentally sound came out of treatment and he's been treated and if he had never come across the mirror again he wouldn't have had an issue he would have been able to reacclimate himself to society and understand that oh crazy shit happened and he may even if this whole supernatural section of it was true he would have never thought it was he would have thought that's my trauma processing um, what happened, it's making me, um, mm-hmm. it's making me, uh, uh think about it that way. Right. And he could have lived a normal life. She, however, was so engrossed in, in, in this mirror that you're right. She probably just got with that guy to be able to work at that auction house. Cause surprise, surprise, they work together. Right. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, she stole the mirror was going to destroy it, then she wasn't going to have a house. She wasn't going to have a job anymore. Yeah. What's her backup plan there? Yeah. So she's there. She's jeopardizing her own job, her, her fiance's job. And then what? You have no plan. This house that you have, you're going to sell it. And then what? Like if, if your whole plan works and then she's documenting everything and we'll get to that in a second, but where is that going to go? So do you think that she told her fiance anything about the mirror? No, she didn't. And and otherwise he would have not let her steal uh what is it, a thirty thousand dollar mirror. What about her traumatic past before I'm sure he's the well mirror. aware of it because um he's aware of her night terrors. Okay. Yeah. So but uh, yeah. And you tell your partner these kinds of things. I'm sure I'm sure if I had, you know, my family so you think Traum- it, traumatically dying, I would tell my partner. So you think she told him everything except for the details about the mirror and definitely didn't spell out the fact that that was the mirror. Right. When they because saw it. if she was in foster care in order to survive foster care, she probably would have had to assimilate and be as, quote, normal as possible um, mm-hmm. just to be able to function. And she probably found out early on that telling people that it was this mirror didn't work because it didn't work for her brother and he still stayed in jail yeah as a child right um okay so this is when we get our first flashback and we are introduced to the parents um the parents named shoot what are the names mom and dad mom and dad that's how i named them i named them mom and dad um we're introduced to the parents they have moved into this new house it's a new house and they have a new company and they're moving in new furniture and this new um this new furniture 
they specifically said, well, I didn't want Ikea furniture and I wanted some antique pieces, but this mirror is a little bit much, right? But he wanted the mirror. He took the mirror, whatever. Um, and that's the introduction of the mirror to the household. Right. Um, now, back in present day, Tim decides he doesn't want to live in a house. He doesn't want to live in anything. He wants to live in a motel. This gives him enough functionality to ease, ease his transition. Um, and that's when we come across the, you promised you would never forget what really happened. Yeah. And we're doing it tomorrow night. Yeah. So he's out. Next day, she already wants to put him right back into his trauma. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The quick little flashbacks for me were, I guess it was very, it was evident, but I also was a little bit like, what? Wait, we're back in time. But then it didn't like sit there long enough. It just to jump back over into right. It's that fluidity. Day. Like so. See, I don't know if I call it fluid, but I see why why you're calling it fluid because okay. it's going like so liquidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I I feel like that it's fluid. Because it's moving in that motion, but in my head, it feels very jagged because of the abruptness of the changes. Right, because you'll see Kaylee from behind, and then it's actually her as a child, and then it's her as an adult. Sure, right, yeah. I I totally get it. Now, the flashbacks, we just learned a few things. We learned that shit starts happening when the mirror moves into the house. Um, Plants start dying around the mirror. Um, Dogs disappear around the mirror yeah it's always sad when dogs go yeah um and then not only that but the dad starts losing his mind because as um as he's spending all of his time in the office where he hangs his mirror there's um whispers coming from the mirror well i think the best part i thought of the movie was when the girl was like Who's that woman in your office, Dad? <laughs> in front of the mom, and the mom's yeah, like, yeah, like, who's that? Nobody. What are you talking about, daughter? <laughs> right. And so it's very interesting because, because um, we do see flashbacks here and there. And I'm just going to summarize the flashbacks now so we don't get lost in the transitions. But um, we see, we, we introduce introduction to the family. Um, the mom does all the, she's a stay at home mom. So she does all the cleaning and the cooking and, the, and taking care of everybody. The dad has his own business, he's a software developer. He works from home. Um, the mirror starts doing some crazy ass shit. The, the dad starts sleepwalking, seeing some, um, seeing some, uh, apparitions like quickly, but then they disappear. We see the apparitions like just constantly in the house as, as the viewers, um, there is a, a woman that uh, that is pertinent to it. Her name her, turns out her name is Marisol, and she's like the head spirit. Marisol. Marisol. Her name haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Um, and then, and then that's that's the woman that the girl sees in her dad's office. That was the who's that woman in your office, Dad? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that there is the seed that the mother needs in order to um, really go off the deep end as far as jealousy. Because he spends all his nights working and ignoring his wife. So the wife's like, what the hell's going on? And she'll go check on him. And he's she hears voices through the door of yeah. the office. Right. But yeah. there's nobody there. It's the whispers from the mirror. Yeah. But she thinks it's somebody else he's speaking so to. So why, why isn't the dad freaked out? He just embraces the mirror? No, because he's affected by the mirror initially. Because he's he's in there. He's living it. He got a blowjob from the mirror? He's exposed to... (laughs) Maybe. He's exposed to the mirror 
immediately. So the mirror has already entranced him. <laughs> As we see, the mirror does end up taking over the actions and the minds of the people that it spends time with. <laughs> He's like telling the mirror, take it easy. I said no teeth. <laughs> we almost watched teeth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I also was thinking about American Horror Story when it, we got to that point because, uh, do you remember in the first in the season? the first one, the, the maid? Yeah, yeah, the maid, yeah. And she's like super old, but she's super young and hot to the da- the father. Because and men then, see what they want, but only women can see what people <laughs> truly are. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good season. I liked American Horror Story. Yeah, me too. I actually started rewatching the first season again. Did you? Yeah. Really? Well, uh, yeah, because that, this last weekend I was doing a lot of baking, and that's what I was watching while I was baking and cooking. I started watching stupid shit like Restaurant Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids are back at school, and I feed my kids like I'm very LA in this, in this, and only this way. Um, I feed my kids clean food, like organic, you know, organic foods, holistic and avocados, holistic avocados, holistic avocados, stupid. <laughs> um, but organic, like it, they, my kids eat organic. We have a clean lifestyle. Um, and for the most part, it's healthy. Like even the junk food we have in the house, you, their ingredients, like if you want junk food, you have to make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I find that very annoying when I really want like just junk food and just scarf shit down. Well, like before this episode, I'm like, I want chips and you're like chocolate chips. I'm like, no, like, Junk yeah, but chips. with that like with that um, balance that you choose in the diet, it does allow for days of chili cheese fries. Correct. And <laughs> yeah, but that, right, everything in moderation. Worst food for you, yeah. Everything yeah. in moderation. So for for my kids, for example, um, I spent all last week in cooking and stuff because I wanted to make sure that they had what they needed for school lunches. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I make these little pizzas in cupcake tins and they're a big hit yeah that's cool i i actually um i tried one and they were good uh anything that you can turn into a pizza is always going to be a hit you know <laughs> english muffin cupcake whatever the fuck you turn into a pizza is always going to be a hit <laughs> but yeah they're essentially pizza cupcakes yeah 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 all right anyway uh why why did we bring that up oh I because that's what that american horror story that's where i started watching oh right yeah yeah yeah, I, so it's so, very vivid. So yeah, at this point in the movie, we've got you know um, the father is sort of doing his thing. He's interacting with the mirror and the entities in a positive way, I guess. The mother's basically losing her uh, losing mind. her mind and jealous and thinks that she's being ignored and all that. Right, but we um, do find that the mother has like body image issues because she had a cesarean um with one of her children does that bother women a lot i don't know i have a cesarean but stretch marks do until you learn to embrace them because you're when you're pregnant your body completely fucking changes it's not just your stomach gets big it's everything gets big your feet get your feet can grow a size you know your feet can grow a size that's big your boobs fluctuate like when i when i got pregnant with my daughter i was a full c cup after i had my daughter and before i got pregnant with my son I was a double D and now I'm like almost, I'm like almost a full C again. Like it's like your body fluctuates and you have to not only embrace the, the weight gain and now suddenly you can't eat anything or your, your sense of smell gets like exponentially better, but you also have to adjust to what your new body 
is. Yeah. So it, it's very impactful. And um, it was a pretty significant size scar that they showed. And we find that in, in the movie, the, the common thread was, and, and I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit later, is like she was very insecure. Yeah. I think most dudes wouldn't give a shit. I think there's at a certain point in a guy's life when you're younger, you always want to get like the best of the best. You know what I mean? And then, you know, as you get into your late 20s and the 30s, you're kind of like, well, it's, you know, that's great. But, you know, some of those things don't matter as much anymore. So I'm going to correct what you say, too. <laughs> it's it's uh, in your early years. It's about quantity and then in your later years no. it's about substance yes and i'm no, trying to though. correct it so you don't get punched in the face by your girlfriend <laughs> I, I think that in most guys lives early on yes it's about quantity and numbers they want to try to get as many as they can but they also don't there's a certain i think difference like some guys would rather have like 10 really good ones and then some people would have 50 like ugly ones and i've known Ugly as in either. Oh, shit. Some people's standards are so low that all they want to do is stick their dick in something, anything. So and I would. They'll basically take anything. That this is such a problematic conversation. <laughs> but there's other people that will be like, you know, I would love to have numbers, but I'm going to wait for something that's like I have standards, you know. So anyway, um, <laughs> so the day before the morning of. Um, the mirror. I was trying to make people with scars, cesarean scars, feel yeah, comfortable to know you, that what, they what you probably ended up not. saying. <laughs> what you ended up saying was, you know, as you get older, you really just go for the bottom of the barrel. Is essentially what you said. <laughs> no, no, I meant like little so, things like well, a scar doesn't bother you as much anymore. Here, here's the thing. What you, <laughs> that's what you meant, but what you said was. You know, you get good ones when you're young, but then you're older. You're like, well, I mean, I guess this you is don't it. necessarily get good ones. You just don't tell people about the bad ones because you're embarrassed about it. I think that it's just a thing. Like I once had a, a girl sc- that smelled like bologna, and to this day, I can't <laughs> eat bologna. Like- <laughs> I, I had a friend that you know, we, when we grew up, there's uh, you know, so, some people in certain cultures and whatever their code is like, they don't really like to go down south. Even though they live down south, they don't like to go down south. Right. And I, I, I remember that part of, um, I guess, the hip hop culture. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so there was not any of my friends in, in that circle at that time, like high school, out of high school, who were like bragging about going down on a girl. But there was um, this, I was, but that's because gay. <laughs> but there was this one friend of mine who, funny enough, we used to call Fish. Um, that's fish. His, that was his nickname. Like Yo, the fish. band or like the no, animal? Like he loved eating fish, so we just called him Fish. Like Fish or like, like Fish? Or fish. like Fish. No, no. But that's why, but that's what's funny about it. Fish like the real fish. But then <laughs> he was like telling us a story about how the first time he went down on a girl... And he was so like kind of grossed out about it and was thinking that this it was going to taste bad and all that, that he had like a bag from like a drive through or whatever with condiments in it. Oh my God. And he pulled out a packet of mayonnaise of all oh, things. Mayonnaise? 
put me and told us, like, I guess this is, you know, my Wait, generation. Were me and saying. Fish fucking the same baloney girl? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Oh, but, um, my gosh. That's so He was gross. like, man, I don't know. I had to do it. I had to go down. But, like, I felt uncomfortable. So, like, I grabbed a fucking thing and there was only mayonnaise in the bag. So, like, I put some mayonnaise I, I, I get. I used to get offended when. That's disgusting. I used to get offended when a guy would spit on my area. Um, because I'm like, you should get me moist naturally, right? Because like that's not that's on you, bro. But to add mayo is like a complete <laughs> mayonnaise. Oh, mayonnaise, uh, like what the fuck? And and oh, no. it was so funny. But he had the he was totally cool with telling us about it and laughed his ass off while we were smoking a blunt talking about it back in the days. And are so funny weird. thing is we call him fish. So then his nickname just it's stuck. stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, bro, you're fish. You're going down on chicks with man. He's eating that bacalao. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so funny that guys always say that. But because I've always dated girls predominantly, every time I dated a guy, every guy, every fucking guy, there's not one guy. In my entire dating life that hasn't been like, oh, I'm better than a girl. I've been told many times. And in my mind, I'm always like, yeah, <laughs> sure, fucker. Uh-huh. Okay. And in fact, the first time I was ever with a guy was because I, I fell for that. It was he was like, he was like, Oh, uh, I've been told that I do it better than girls. And I'm like, no. And then it turns out like I I, I let him try and it was so disappointing. So but okay. But so, every guy that I've dated. So you're saying that a girl said, knows what a girl wants. Well, so for example, I do well with the ladies and they've always come back for more. And even when I told them to go away, they still come back more. And for the most part, I do to them what I would like done to me. Right? The golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the golden rule. Um and and it always has good results. Now with a, with guys, it's a little bit different because every guy and, and I'm trying to think of an example of a guy who hasn't said that to me, and I can't. Every guy has said, "You're into girls, but give me a chance because I'm better than girls." Yeah. And I've always been like, "Sure, buddy." And um, well, I haven't, I, I haven't um, really, you know, thought about it in a long time, but. Every guy has said that. And I don't I don't remember any girl ever telling me that she was better at that than anybody else. You just go with it. You just know that it's I guess maybe I've been fortunate to have good experiences in general, but you just go with it and you enjoy it, right? But I don't know. So if a girl knows best what a girl wants, then in that same logic than a guy would know best what a guy wants but i don't think that any guy would ever imagine thinking that they would get a better that's load. because well actually straight. no no yeah exactly any straight, straight guy which i'm not knocking anybody who's not straight but i personally if if we're all born away and we have to respect the way that we're born then i was always you don't hard. have to you should you should right <laughs> what i'm just saying is i was hardwired as a straight person, always have been, and I guess that's what I understand. But I, you know, I can understand that other people are wired differently. Yeah, um, and there's nothing wrong with guys saying that. I mean, I just always found it I, funny because they've always said that. <laughs> but by that logic, again, like a, you, a guy would know best what a guy wants. But then, like, 
most straight men are not going to be like, oh, because well, they're maybe. Straight. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're like, it all goes out the, like, I'm not straight. But does that mean that most girls don't know what a guy wants because they don't know? I think they're not guys. girls know what a guy wants when a guy is communicative, you know. And for the most part, I haven't come across a guy that has been like, <laughs> dude, Sorry. that has been secretive about what they want. Like they tell you. And I think I've always been um, a supportive partner in a way that um, a, a sexual partner in the way that I let them try shit. You, what? You want to? <laughs> all right, let's do this then. Bend over. You know, whatever a guy what? wants to do. Um, <laughs> what? I'm like, all right, let's 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 try it. And um, and let them explore that way. And honestly, I, you know, I've come across a few guys who have probably been gay. And it, because it was just. Well, in your circle, I'm sure you've come across a lot of guys. No, are- I mean, sexually. Like, I've had sex with gay men. And let me tell you, it's, it's it was, the, the was actions. Was it horrible? Um, Did they not know what they were doing? No, they know, they know what they were doing um, in regards to what a oh, male Oh, wait. So doing. would then a gay man know how to give pleasure to a woman better because he knows what a woman wants? He's not Mel Gibson in a movie. Like, <laughs> Wait, what movie was Mel Gibson gay? What women want. He wasn't gay. He read women's minds. <laughs> oh, I never saw that one. I don't know. <laughs> Um, That's where I get the the phrase that I say all the time. Monsieur, monsieur, I has to poop. <laughs> uh, this whole tangent, it's funny. We went off on this whole sexual talk for a second. And I remember when we were watching the movie here in the very, like, opening i don't know like after the 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 opening scene was established i said uh, something about cruel intentions because i didn't mm. know if there was you know like a oh because you thought like, they uh, were being different kind of set brothers like like brother and sister right yeah. interaction. no <laughs> no there's like no sex in this movie except for when the dad goes down on the wife because he's like kissing her scar but, so but does, back to your point so can it be a horror movie Huh? I'm just kidding. What? I mean, there was no sex in it. Can it really be a horror movie? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, it goes back to your point of guys will overlook a scar. He loved his wife no matter yeah, what. Yeah, guys and will overlook a scar. It reminds me of this Cat Williams skit um, where he's like, or bit. Is it a bit? It's a bit. It's a bit. It's yeah. a bit. And he's like. Girls are overthinking, and I can, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, because like girls are overthinking it all the time. They really think that we're gonna be deep inside of a girl and be like looking at her nails and toes, being like, "Bitch, is that red and plum? Oh fuck this shit!" You know, because yeah. <laughs> we overthink like the colors that match and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it reminds me of that, and you're. I think you're absolutely right. Like for the most part, I overlook a lot of things if my heart's in it, you know. And I think most people are like that. But it doesn't stop people from being insecure, which this mother was super, super insecure. Oh, right. Like yeah. she would she look was... in the mirror. And in fact, when she does become possessed by the mirror eventually, um, it's the mirror. Like she looks into the mirror, like into the eyes of the mirror. And um, sees she Michael Jackson becomes. Shut up. She <laughs> becomes ugly, like not ugly as, a, you know, but her features are more sullen. And it, quote, ugly for her, for her standards. And her scar is bigger and, and all kinds of stuff. And and that is like super just She's insecurity. Like, I can see clearly now your scar is long. So anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Um, so the next day, um, the next day, so the day, the morning of the, uh, the murder of the mirror, 
The um, murder of the mirror. The, the um, So Kaylee is at work with her husband and she establishes a couple of things. One, she's fucking insane because she's printing out corpse pictures on the business computer. And two, um, she she's just telling him, you know, okay, well, I know this is a tough time, but just let today be over with. Because in her mind, all she needs to do is destroy the mirror and everything is right in the world, right? She has no planning after that. But she does, um, we do find out that she tells her husband or her, her fiance, I'm going to be with my brother when uh, I need you to call me every hour. And that goes into the whole plot of mm. the murdering the mirror thing. But um, so that all that happens. So do you now, think she's just doing it out of vengeance just because? I think she, so we find out she's actually trying to prove to everybody that it wasn't her family that was bad. It was the mirror There's that the mirror. was bad. She's clearing her family name. Okay. Right. Okay. So then what we do is, um, and then, so they get to the house and there's a dog there. The dog has no name. That's uh, intentional because we find out that the mirror gets rid of dogs, kills dogs. Why do you think and the mirror gets rid of dogs? Bait, uh, uses the dogs as bait. Uh, she uses a dog as bait by putting it in front of the mirror to try to bring the spirits out of the mirror, which is totally stupid. Yeah. It was but, like a little French bulldog, too. So what the hell? <laughs> um, so we find out this is where shit gets crazy. Kaylee starts talking about the history of the mirror. I kind of checked out during this part. Like, all right. I don't really care about the like the history of what all these other extra old ghost people died somehow. Like so, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I can go down the list because I on ScreenRant.com I found the trail that she mentions in the movie of this person owned it and this happened. This person owned it and this happened. Overall, it's a mirror that's been around since 1754, and every time somebody owns it, that person has died of something like dehydration in the inside of a bathtub or something or um or has been killed in a certain way they've always had dogs that have never been found and um the mirror then disappears um in one instance there was this guy who owned the mirror and he was 300 pounds and they didn't see him for a while and they finally saw him he was like a very thin thin man and then eventually he died so the mirror, from my understanding, it is taking away all of your life force. Just like why the plants die around the mirror. It takes away the life force. Okay. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tim doesn't, but as Kaylee's saying all of these things, she's saying it to cameras that are set up in the room where the mirror is being hung. Mm -hmm. And there are cameras two different angles that are static on the floor, but then there's one that's mounted on yeah, the wall. I like it. It's a nice little podcast setup. It's you a got nice like podcast a studio. camera and, A, B and C and <laughs> yeah. it's all, yeah, it's two. And then there's, uh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should mount one on there. So I'm not always hitting it because I'm Latin and I express myself with my arms and constantly hit shit. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll uh, obviously this is an audio only episode this week because we just are trying to stay committed. Up. Yeah. <laughs> and we're staying committed, but, um, Eventually, we'll, we'll get back into the video thing, and we again, we might have access to better cam. I, I don't mind our setup. It works, but, I was you just know. kidding. But oh. I, mean, I think I, I, I love what we have. It's, yeah. it's ours. We, no, I, I, we built it from I, the I ground do, up. I do feel, though, um, that 
I liked her setup as well, too. Yeah. She <laughs> okay. had the good so cameras. She also had, yes, because she's wealthy and she um, she's funded by the WWE. And then the mirror is mounted on a wall and there's there's a couple of, of things that are happening. There's an alarm that reminds them to eat so they don't die of dehydration. There's an alarm that reminds them to set the timer back on this boat anchor that is mounted on the ceiling that if it doesn't set back it immediately falls and smashes the mirror. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, um, there's another timer that reminds them, reminds her to switch out the tape in the cameras. Yeah. A lot memory of, card would have solved that, but whatever. Right. A lot of things were going on here, which I don't know. It just seemed like a lot, a lot of timers, a lot of this and that's whatever. Um, right. And, and then that's when the, the fiance call on an hourly basis, because when you're in the house, Time disappears. Mm -hmm. But he he called once, though, right? Because time hadn't passed that much. I'll I'll, I'll get to it. (laughs) But like it it hadn't been that long. So don't you think, well, well, okay, let's get to it. So, but she does, she does like kind of go like off the deep end here. And this is when Tim tells her something that I really like that he said. He said, no one can break your delusion, but you. Trying to tell her, stop that shit. Because if she really wanted to, she could have like dropped the mirror off of a off of a bridge or something, you know, and it would have shattered on the floor. She could have broken it without having to extract the spirits that live within it. You know what I mean? Right, but she believed that that wasn't going to really work. That it would still like. I mean, they already knew the mirror was powerful and hard to break. So maybe she believed that it wouldn't crack if she dropped it off of like whatever or threw it in the river or. Well, uh, so when. When okay, so we'll get to that in a second, I guess. Um, okay, so we do this is where we lose all sense of time. This is when the back and forth <laughs> between the past and the present gets yeah. so mixed up that it's past. The dad it has band-aids on his hand, he takes it off and then sees the band-aid still on his hand, so he's trying to take it off his hand and uses a staple remover to try to get the band-aid because it won't come off. Come to find out the band-aid has been off the whole time and it actually is his finger he's cutting to pieces with a staple yeah. remover. So there are some like kind of gross and stupid things. But um, then there's, um, you know, it, it, it just goes back and forth. Now, at one point we find out in one of the flashbacks that the dad does get a gun because the wife is like not feeling safe and whatever. And she doesn't like the gun. And he's like, fine, I'll get rid of the gun. And then calls her a grotesque cow and she loses her shit. And that's where I was like, oh yeah, she is like, if, if you're insecure, if somebody tells you that, somebody you love calls you grotesque anything cow. like that, you're going to lose your mind. Like what an asshole. Oh man. I was, that reminded me of something I saw. I told you I was watching a lot of episodes of Restaurant Impossible. Just real quick, I'm just going to tell you this mm-hmm. real quick. There was this uh, husband-wife couple. They were like from Alabama or somewhere in the deep south. And their marriage or their relationship together was obviously failing. But they've been together for 17 years. And so the host is getting them. He's trying to talk it out with them. Like, why are you, you know, whatever. And the, and the man goes, I loved her for 17 years. And she goes, hey. You loved me, and <laughs> past get, tense, motherfucker. Yeah, and she gets up and storms off, jumps in her car, drives off. But even the host was all like, "Wait, you said loved," 
And that like it just blew up from there. And like he didn't he well, wasn't trying Yeah, to- <laughs> of course it did. Asshole. <laughs> He's like, I've loved her for 17 years. And she's like, You loved me? Like, excuse me. And she just stormed this out of Maury. there. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was. Maury impo- uh restaurant impossible. Anyway, that's what it reminded <laughs> me of when you uh when you were saying this. Grotesque uh, cow. Yeah, grotesque right. cow. Like, excuse me, what'd you call me? <laughs> You mother... Mm. You know how many times you smelled like cheese? (laughs) (laughs) But no, I said nothing. (laughs) Um, Okay. But this is when Tim tells Kaylee, these are, you know, and starts giving her examples of how rationally, like, this is what could have happened. It's not this delusion. This is what it is. And he starts talking about fuzzy trauma. Fuzzy trauma. Fuzzy, fuzzy trauma. Fuzzy trace theory. Fuzzy trauma. That sounds like a, a cool band name. <laughs> like we are like fuzzy baby trauma. metal. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuzzy trace theory. Oh, and what shit. that really is, it's creating. Um, even if even if they're excru- I have a hard time understanding because it it's it's really involved, and I just woke up. But it's having, um, and even if it's like extreme explanations for something so simple because you can't process the trauma of the simplicity like people saying that the vaccine is the government's way of trying to control us when reality they can't process that there is a pandemic going on and it's something we cannot control and the only thing we can do is get a vaccine to try to help things it's People going, it's nanobots, it's this, it's Bill Gates, whatever. And they're doing that as a way of not being able to process, this is a plague, we have to deal with it, we're only going to survive if we all pitch in, shit happens, you know. And that was the most helpful part of this movie that I got. All right. Okay, all right. So moving forward. All Um, right. As they're having their argument about, oh, this is real. No, it's not. This is real. No, it's not. They come back into the room that they had left and the cameras have been turned facing each other. The plants are now dead on the floor. And um, it it's like they didn't move it. We saw that they were not in there. And so they go and they play back the video and it's them having that same argument. But instead of having it in the hallway, they're having it in that room while moving the plants and everything right so that would mean that they actually were there in the room right so what we were seeing was them hallucinating mind fuckery so how do we know there's not like a a gas leak in the house like gas is like it's odorless You, you know the companies put odor in it so that we can detect a gas leak but what if there's like something like that happening to this house because they're hallucinating and her for in order for her plan to go like she she had all this documentation happening so she can clear the family name but at that moment wouldn't you be like oh this thing is playing with us no matter what i do if something happens the cameras itself are going to fuck with you and and present something that is not intentional or not something that we that that we are trying to show like wouldn't you have been like oh nope not doing this because even on camera it's it's the opposite of what is actually happening and she's trying to clear her family's name i think that she was thinking that her idea would be that she would catch on camera the actual truth of whatever it was whether it be a ghost or whatever and the thing is like what was captured was them was her and her yeah. brother and so 
I don't think she thought that's what she was going to get at all. I think she really, truly believed that she would finally have some sort of evidence, um, which again makes me now wonder like, okay, so was she not, was there no ghost in the, anyway, and they were just, you know, crazy and she was all in her head because she was traumatized as a child, um, which I guess makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. But in this case, Tim is still being rational, right? He is, but he's being rational because he's, a trauma victim that has gone through years and killing years and his, years of killing his, his parents or killing his dad. But I'm saying at this point during the argument, they're still rational. He's still rational. She's insane, of course, but he also is participating in the movement of the plants and the, and the cameras. And what we see as having been recorded, um, is that they did it. So if they did, if anything happened, my mind would be like, but again, I'm rational. And not in that trauma, my mind wouldn't be, oh, let me continue to record this shit because no matter what happens, the spirit's going to want it to see what it is. If that was the mentality, you know, mm-hmm. like the spirit's going to see, show what we needed, what it wants to show. And so now we also, at this point, we know that they've described some of the past history of the mirror. And what we find out is that there's obviously multiple spirits because it's been passed mm-hmm. on from generation to generation. So do you think that all, you know, because they were short, sort of showing the fact that all these spirits were kind of working together or they were all collaborative or you know one big entity in a sense you know right um but do you think that really was had any truth to it or do you think again it was just this crazy notion that you know was created by this crazy girl who you know went nuts after well, I mean, her trauma i can tell you my theory after we go through the movie because it's got <laughs> details that are at the end all right so go ahead um, and let me where so are we just at really quick um after that, I mean, after that, like, there's the back and forth. Like, what is time even at this point of the movie? But we do find that the husband at one point, chain like chains the wife to the wall because she attacks the kids and wants to kill them. And I understood that as that's when she was possessed by the mirror. I understood that as my kids killed my body. Let me kill my kids. Oh, really? Okay. That's how I saw it because she was looking at her scar. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and so, you know, the kids are hiding out. He chains her to the wall in the bedroom and was like, oh, don't go and bother her. Um, the kids at this point, there's no food in the house. They start starving. Um, and so the girl goes and uh, a little girl goes and gets the neighbor for help. And the dad manages to talk him out of it. Like they can't get any help. They can't call the police. They can't call a doctor for the mom. They can't call anything because even the phone line is the same voice. You have to have your dad call. You have to have your dad call. Like it, it's not, they can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, and then um, we do go through, finally we're, you know, we go through back and forth and finally we're back at the opening scene. The kids are hiding out in the room and yeah, there's spirits in the house and whatever, but ultimately they're locked in the room and the dad has a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that's what in the, in the opening scene, we only see the legs and the gun. We don't really clearly see who it is. See who yeah. it is. Right. Yeah. So now we know it's the dad. So we're starting to see the truth of what really happened, I guess, if that's uh-huh. what they're saying. And happened. so this is what happens. Um, the kids release the mom because they're trying to get her help. Uh, she and the dad start fighting. He shoots her. Um, the, you know, typical he, relationships. Typical stuff. relationships. He shoots her. He goes to shoot Kaylee. 
Um, and then something happens. The gun gets lost or something. Uh, or he goes to choke her. The lost, the gun is on the floor. Tim picks up the gun, shoots the dad. Right. But right, as the dad is right, shot, right, right, right. the mirror gets cracked. Right. Was it the ricochet of the bullet or I do you think, think it's when the person who is possessed gets killed by a force that's not the mirror, that it takes away some of the power of the mirror. So that was the first person to get killed, you know, killed. outside of the purview of the mirror. Yeah. So, um, that is all that happens, right? But then back, Kaylee wakes up as an adult in front of the mirror right before that anchor is about to come and hit her. So she quickly goes back, turns the timer on. They go to call the police. They, they go to call. Um, all this stuff happens. You know, she's using her. Like, there's a lot of really good, like, scares. Like, just like, oh, shit, I didn't see that coming, right? In one instance, her husband comes in because he's only called once. But what is time at this yeah, point? But it could have been he. She didn't answer her phone because the spirits control the phone. Mm. He came in to help her, but she stabbed him in the neck because she didn't see who it was. She's just covered in trauma. Very similar to the way that that one girl killed her friend in the dis- descent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just Juno. turn around. And turn like, around. Yeah, right always look before you swing. <laughs> <laughs> if you're expecting your husband to take care of you in that regard. But um, I think that she definitely was probably thinking like, well, he should have or would have called and hasn't called. So it hasn't been an hour yet or whatever. Right. He probably did call and she probably didn't but realize it. she just it. didn't recognize the signs. This thing controls your phones. This thing controls your sense of time. This thing controls what the cameras are doing. Like, you're not going to win at this point. Um, so she kills him, the, him and her and Tim run out to the outside because they think they're away from the mirror. They can call the police. They call the police supposedly, and they look back in the house and it's them. They're in the house. So they're trying to wrestle with, should they go back in the house? Is that real? Is it not? Ultimately, um, what happens is, um, Tim is like, oh, hell no. Cause Kaylee at this point is quote missing. There's all these strangers in the house, which are the previous owners of the mirror. Uh, Tim's like, fuck this. And he turns the knob that, that holds the timer for the anchor so that he can smash the glass. But it turns out and, and he could see nobody was there. But when the glass, when the glass is about to get smashed, it's actually Kaylee. She's right in front of it. Impaled. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which was a great scene. Um, <laughs> she was impaled. That was great. I mean, you know, they made a, a big deal about showing this boat anchor. So you had to know that somebody was going to get killed by it. But you also wonder, like, did he know that? Because she said that it wasn't going to break. And they know when they were kids, they tried to smash yeah, the mirror. Yeah, and every mirror. time somebody threw something at it, it would, you know, it would, it right. would like, time bend. So <laughs> who knows if, like... I mean, did she try it before, maybe, and knew it wasn't going to well, break? Well, we knew that like, when, when they were kids, they got golf clubs and attacked the mirror, and they were hitting the mirror, but when they look, they're hitting on the wall instead of the mirror, because the mirror has, like, this force field. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Magic mirror on the wall. It it did make me feel like that he should have been uncertain about whether or not that was going to work. Right, I guess he tried goes, it. Which goes back but. to me saying... They can't trust their eyes. They can't trust what, what's happening around them. Because we do find out that as soon as, soon as um, Kaylee gets killed, the police come. Yeah, right? because they were called already. They what, were who? called. He called the police. Right. And then the police reviewed the, the footage and it's, it called the police. He called the police and he went and then he killed his sister. Yep. 
So he now has to fucking deal with this shit all over again. Like his yep, life he's is fucking stupid now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he might as well just kill himself. Like, what's the point? Well, so what if now you haven't seen Shawshank Redemption to know enough to know this, but maybe <laughs> he's institutionalized. Maybe we are seeing what he wants us to see. Maybe he just wants a Pepsi. All he wanted was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. Just and one. she wouldn't give it to him. Just one Pepsi. <sighs> it always starts off like that. I'm not crazy. <laughs> just If they would have just gotten him the Pepsi. Come on now. <laughs> stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, shoot. What was my chance? Okay. So, my there's two, there's two theories that I can go off of. One is Tim was actually the instigator. Tim was the one that wanted to break the mirror. He played the doctors to be able to get out because that way he had a goal while he was locked up. But ultimately, once he was living in the motel, he was like, I can't do this and ended up figuring out a way to get back sent to jail. That's one theory. And some of the if if he's the one that's telling the story, it's easy to say it was a sister's fault. But the other thing is the sister obviously is crazy. But the other thing is. Did she not expect this to happen? Because it feels like she expected it to happen. And all the signs were there. We see in the beginning that it's it, it, it's possessed, it's whatever, and it controls everything. And she specifically says it controls everything. Does she just want to die? This is no way to know. avenge. No, uh, yeah, but I, I, I just think that she was crazy. This is the way she thought it would be avenging the death, you know? Um So here's what happened. Ready? Sure. The dad, kind of like American Horror Story, the dad moved the family because of an affair. So the mom is already jealous, right? Which is why she's insecure even more so about her body and this sudden woman that is the the daughter saw in the house. And Tim alludes to that. He says, dad was just having an affair. Now, if that's the case, the mother would be frantic and depressed and um, suicidal, maybe even, or and um, you know, snapped and tried to kill the kids. And in trying to kill the kids, uh, the dad killed her. Then Tim killed the mom. I mean, killed the dad. Yeah. Right. That's realistic. That's something can reasonably happen. And all this other paranoia and para- sorry, paranormal paranormal stuff that Kaylee is seeing, it's just in her mind. It's something she made up to cope with her dad wasn't a good man to his wife. Um, the mom wasn't good mom to the children. Something else had to have happened. It's like it's like saying it can't be me. It has to be haunted. Right. Well, you of know? course, it's not me. I mean, it's got to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what it was. Well, overall, I do feel like this movie got deeper than I expected it would have gotten, especially with the WWE stamp (laughs) on it. I mean, it is a little bit, like I said, it was, I don't know, a lot of the back and forth with the timeline. um, Just, you know, some of the things that were going on in the story, I just feel like, you know, it was a little bit hard to grasp but that's not necessarily a bad thing it just means that you know they were again like i i thought it was going to be a little bit of a, more of like a surface level type of movie yeah know. no it was it was deeper than um than expected for sure um i enjoyed it and i quoted you as saying 
Not the worst movie. Not the worst movie. No, not the worst. No, no way for sure. Um, I enjoyed it. And a it. fun movie to watch with the with you know like i feel like that when we're you know the, one of the cool things is that we go kind of between so many different types of movies right so last week we reviewed pumpkin head and that was a very 80s you know um cheese fest cheese fest kind of movie and then obviously like we did another 80s movie with the uh, friday the 13th and um so this one was a little bit smarter not so much a like you call it cheese fest or just your you know like slasher b-rated kill em up movie kind of thing i tend to like those ones because i do like the kill scenes and the blood and the boobs and stuff like that um this one was like i said smarter than i thought it would have been considering it was a wwe produced <laughs> movie that's what I, all i can it, say it about was, it it was smart it, bring, it brought a lot of elements it had us talking mm-hmm. you know we're sure. what an hour and a half into this episode and we're like well so engaged in it um do you remember liking it now? Um, okay, what I mean to say is like you saw it before, but you don't remember it. So now that you I saw it a second time. I remember the impaled time, scene. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the mirror one. And that's why I was like, oh, I think I want to watch this because I don't remember how that ended up happening. So my question is now that you've watched it again, did it live up to the expectation? Do you feel like you enjoyed it as much or if not more this time around? Like what are your thoughts? On, um, on I don't that? remember, but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that our listeners watch it so that they can tell us if they agree with any of our theories. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was smart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it, good, it was smart. It, yeah. We don't know if the family was crazy or if there was a haunting. We have no idea. Yeah. I think in a weird way, like, so did you ever see the movie The Others? Yes. It Nicole was, Kidman. Yeah. Like, The Others was a, a twist ending yeah. not done by M. Night. Yeah, Shyamalan. Um, But it was smart and it kind of left you guessing and you didn't figure out until the end. And this sort of played in that same realm, I think, you know. (laughs) Um, You don't really know. Even at the end, I don't think you truly know. Like, Mm -hmm. is it in their head? Is it real? Is it a ghost? Is it not? Like, you don't really know. And unfortunately, the conclusion of the movie is just that poor fucking kid. He's Mm -hmm. lived a fucked up life. He's 10, 6, 8, 9, 10 years old, whatever he is. He goes. He's ten when he goes to jail the first time. Twenty one when he goes to jail the second time. Witnesses his parents getting killed. Yeah. Or he murders them, whichever. Goes to jail. No, he murdered his dad to and then, protect his sister. Then he has to like go through it all over again. Yeah. And there's nothing that he can say because they have videotape evidence. So he's done. It's yeah. like he can't even plead. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh no, I doctored that footage or something. Bitch, you live streamed it. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah i i I agree i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i hope everybody watches it um we got the stefan review of it's not the worst movie so that's as good as stefan's reviews go Um, (laughs) the oculus he said that just oculus but yeah that's all for us today we just released our first ever ice cream sunday episode last week and that was on the stepfather thank you all Mm-hmm. For listening to that, yeah. I, I saw that a lot of you guys were listening to the the ice cream Sunday. Yeah, we seem to have a lot of listeners, um, you know, tuning in now because yeah. we're keeping our consistency better. <laughs> okay, just wake me up and I'll record. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, we have another ice cream Sunday coming up this Sunday, yeah. where we're going to be reviewing one of my all time favorite Metropolis. 
Metropolis, Tokyo Core Police. <laughs> the Metropolis. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Metropolis. Hopefully, Stefan stays awake for the movie because it is a silent film. Um, but uh, we look forward to your input on this and all movies. Just Look, you have no faith in me. I'm going to stay awake during a silent film, okay? Trust me, I can do it. Stop yelling at me, psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just that, um, you know, I, I know, like, sometimes I get bored and I tune out. Okay. That might be if true. If you fall but asleep in the movie, you owe me $10. I'm not going to fall asleep in this movie. But you owe me $10. I don't owe you $10. Because you know you're going to fall asleep in the no, movie. No, <laughs> I don't owe you shit. And if you fall asleep in this movie, you owe me... What happens if I don't? Then what? Okay, if you fall asleep in this movie... Which I won't. We do Tokyo or Police Next. If you don't fall asleep in the movie, so should I. we do a movie you want to do. Wait, if you follow, wait. Like, that's a win win for me. I can I'm do sleeping. Tokyo Girl, please. Like, <laughs> I'm still sleepy. Okay. Uh, if, if you fall asleep during the movie, I pick the next movie. If you don't fall asleep, you pick the next movie. Yeah, but that's still even a win because I like the movies you pick. You like pick, like this movie. I've never seen it before and we did a great episode on it. So. Uh, whatever I, I hear what you're saying and uh, stay the fuck we'll awake say, is what I'm saying. I have. When was the last time I fell asleep during a movie? Last night. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. During Archer, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <sighs> Look, taking a nap is different than falling asleep. Okay, and you make me out to be some sort of narcoleptic kind of uh, person. Like, I don't know. I don't. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe <laughs> now that All I right. look back at it, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yep. All right. Well, maybe we'll we'll figure it out. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, as always, please feel free to engage with us. Reach out to us, icecreampodcast.com. You can email us at hello at icecreampodcast.com, and our social media things. We're pretty mm-hmm. responsive. Um, now yeah. we love it when you guys reach out. Send us an email. Send us a suggestion of a movie Submit title. Submit a new movie. You can yeah. just scroll to the bottom and find out. And, and there's literally submit a movie. Yeah. Let um, us know what you thought of our review. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Like, you know, we always want to hear. Should Stefan um, pick more movies because he should stay awake? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. I Do I need to pick? You more? have sleep apnea. I think that's. No, I don't have the sleep. First of all, I don't have a sleeping problem. Okay, fine. But if you had good sleep, you wouldn't be falling. Anyway. So, anyway, we will see you next week. Oh, we will see you on Sunday with an Ice Cream Sunday episode. Yes. And then we will do a more current movie next week, depending on whether Stephen also <laughs> I think maybe what we should do is pick a slash card and see if... Um, I don't know. Maybe that'll help us pick the next movie. Yeah, which reminds me, we want to do a live slash card event. So if you guys want to play slash cards with us, please drop us a line at hello at icecreampodcast.com yeah. to reserve your spot. We're going to figure out dates that work best for sleeping like sleepington over here. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the one that just woke up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I'm going to go right back to sleep as soon as we're done. I'm going to stay awake all night after this is done. Whatever. Because I got lots of work to do. All right. Um, Well, I appreciate all the work that you put into this. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you for the appreciation. It means a lot. Okay. You're welcome. And thank you for appreciating my appreciation. (laughs) Okay, bye.